Hi everybody, my name is Rob Scott from UC Today and welcome to another Cisco collaboration focus session. I'm joined by Jonathan George, WebEx Master and Digital Collaboration Lead at Adopt. And today we have a special guest, Paolo, who's Technical Solutions Architect at Cisco Collaboration. Welcome everybody. Hi, good morning Rob, Hi. how are you? Morning. I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thanks for joining us, both of you. Um, today, we're going to be focusing in on collaboration security. So uh, before we dive in, how about we have some intros? Uh, Jonathan, would you like to go first? Yeah, sure. So uh, uh, Jonathan George, as you say, digital collaboration lead at Adopt. Um, at Adopt, we are a, a Cisco partner focused around customer experience and adoption. Um, I've been around the Cisco collaboration space for more years than I care to remember, and have been doing these podcasts with you for for a while. So, uh, and again, once again, it's great for me today to have um, you know a, a, a voice from Cisco on the call rather than than just me spouting on. So, uh, so great to have Paolo with us today. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, and Paolo, uh, welcome again. And uh, would you like to give us a bit of an intro? Tell us about what you do for Cisco. Sure. Yeah, Paulo Correa, I'm a technology solution architect, as you mentioned, for Cisco. And I've been focusing in the last five years, I'll say five years. I had some uh, history on security also, but in the last five years, I dedicated all my effort and my all my time on security for collaboration. And I've been doing a lot of uh, interaction between what are the requirements from our customers and what the BU is developing to make sure that we arrive to the right architecture. Great stuff. Thanks, Paula. And security, I mean, collaboration security is a big topic at the moment. There's, uh, there's a lot in the news, as we know. Uh, everyone's using video conferencing and collaboration platforms. So I wanted to start off with just kind of looking at the state of the marketplace, really. Kind of we're in the middle of the pandemic. We're we're recording this session in in yeah, virtual lockdown, really. So how about we start, Jonathan, with uh, just tell us you from your perspective, how does uh, how how does the market look at the moment from uh, a security perspective? I think it's a really interesting you know environment that we find ourselves in now because we've now got you know, as we've talked about before, you know, we, we always used to talk about the use of collaboration technology requiring the you know discretionary effort on behalf of the end user to actually use that that technology. Now we're seeing, you know, whole all of us being forced to basically work from home and, and being, you know, basically being forced to use this technology to continue to get stuff done, not only in our own you know, corporate lives, but also in, in our personal lives as well, you know, getting together with family or virtual quiz nights or pub quizzes or, or all that sort of good stuff or, or, you know, local communities gathering together to, to get stuff done um, or, to, or to meet with, the, you know, with each other when they can't meet face to face. And I think, you know, what, as you say, you know, in the, in the press, I think it's, it's highlighted there's a, a number of issues with, with these types of platforms, right, where, um, if you if you don't get the security right, then there's potential implications of, of of that that happening, right? So you know, and you don't have to look too far into the press to find some you know some instances of, of that. You know, unfortunately, even in this in this times of pandemic, you know, there are people out there who don't you know who want to do nasty things, basically. You know, whether that's hacking into stuff or or you know joining meetings that they shouldn't be joining or sharing you know racist or abusive content and all that sort of stuff in, in meetings. So I think what it's highlighted is that 
that you know obviously we've seen that usage grow and and we've all you know we're now all living and breathing that that capability of using these these products together but there's always this balance between ease of use and security right so the, the balance between okay what protection are you going to put in place versus how easy is it going to be to use a product or to get into the meeting or to to, to join that experience and i think that's a that's a fine line that that is you know that that the vendors have to trade all the time the more security that you you add in you know the more barriers and hurdles you put in place potentially the more difficult it can be for for a product to be used because now i've got to remember you know my host pin or the, the host code or i need all of this stuff to be able to get into the meeting rather than well, hey, just give me the nine-digit meeting code and I'll, I'll jump on the meeting. And we know, you know, we've seen instances where, you know, there are cases where, where you know, that, that nine-digit meeting code has got out into the into the public domain and people have been able to get into meetings that they shouldn't have been able to get into, right? So that that balance between usability and security, I think, is, is, a, is a real key one. And for me, having been around the, the, the Cisco collaboration environment for, for a long time, what, what's clear to me is that Cisco build and bake that security in first and foremost. That is the thing that is front of mind in everything that Cisco Cisco do, right? Sometimes one could argue at the expense of usability and the user experience, right? That actually we're going to make, you know, this is a business grade service that is designed for use in the enterprise in, you know, for meetings where potentially highly secure, highly sensitive conversations are going are to happen. It needs to be as secure as possible. So for me, I think it, it, it just reaffirms that actually security can't be an afterthought. It isn't something that you 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 tag on afterwards. You think, OK, we've got all this great stuff. It all works really well. Oh, now let's worry about security right now. It has to be it's upfront security first and then worry about the other stuff later on. I don't know whether you'd, you'd, you know, you'd agree with, with that as a statement. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think it's really interesting. And uh, I think you quite describe it, right? So Cisco always took the approach that we need really to deliver the security to secure the intellectual property of our customers, right? And, and delivering security, as we know, it's always something that... Uh, uh, requires a lot of um, a lot of uh, development on top of the product, and on top of that, it makes it difficult to deliver those more uh, uh, easy fixtures, right? The, what I like to call the consumer fixtures, and uh, you see those consumer fixtures in WhatsApp, in FaceTime, in all those different platforms, but it's really easy to introduce those fixtures there because there isn't a, a main thought on how do I protect the intellectual property of our customers, right? And when we create all this platform, this WebEx platform, we thought, okay, so what do we want to deliver to our customers? We want to deliver a communication system that has some major principles where security is the main driver, right? It's the major architect, the major pillar for everything that we deliver there. Things like hiding user identities, things like end-to-end -end encryption, things like granular access to the different services, because we know collaboration, it's not only a video call, right? So <laughs> I normally joke with some of my friends that work in consulting companies that for them collaboration is a completely different thing, right? It's how you allow in SAP or in Salesforce for user A to exchange data with user B. 
for us, collaboration is different kind of medias, right? It's the voice, it's the video, it's the files, it's the chat, it's the sharing, right? And now, all of that is a really challenge, and you want it to make it easier as possible, intuitive as possible, for the end users to be able to do those tasks, right? And in the past, uh, there was no market uh, standard for that. But now we have the consumer products, and they create market standards for how easy should it be, right? And now we have a stress because you have enterprises that need to deliver those market standards, the easy of access, but at the same time, they need to protect security. I don't think that any of the vendors in the market are different from a security perspective. It's just the approach that they take, right? So what is my core uh, deliver for collaboration? Is it protecting the intellectual property of our customers or make their users as happy as possible? I think we took a different approach from uh, some other vendors and I think uh, the market, and it was really funny that you said now we are discovering all of that. I, I just think that nowadays hackers have more time than they had in the past, right? And they have more time to dig into these small details and then it comes to the general knowledge. Because all of this is not new, right? It was not in COVID that we start with more fixtures or uh, make it easier to access to the platform, right? This exists for a very long while. It's just these times that make uh, force us to have a different approach. And I think that, uh, at least up to now, I didn't saw ever Cisco compromise security on uh, comparing two fixtures to the users. We are not saying that we are not going to deliver those fixtures. We think they, they are important and they should be delivered, but we need to think on how to deliver them without compromising the intellectual property of the, our customers. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because we, we have come a long way with video conferencing and collaboration tools, and it's now much, much more than just a video call. There's not just video and voice involved. There's there's file sharing and screen sharing, and now people's homes are, are on display. Uh, so we we all we all must con consider the kind of privacy uh, issue as well there. Um, but being that we've got all these new features happening coming through to these platforms at a rate of knots, and I'm speaking to vendors at the moment, and they've been saying we're accelerating our roadmaps with our collaboration platforms, we're bringing these, these new features in as soon as we can, then surely with that, that security issue is just getting bigger and bigger. John, Jonathan, what do you think? Is, 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 what are customers saying on the front line about security and, 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 and all these features coming through? I think the, the and I use the, I, I use the analogy before, but I'll use it here, is that it's very, from a user perspective, right, the, uh, most of the users, right, don't care. They don't care, A, what the platform is, right, and they don't care necessarily how secure that platform is or, or how it's implemented technically. They just want to use it to enable them to get stuff done, right? That's the, and, and if, if the services that, the company provide don't deliver that that capability, then they'll go to an app store or you know go and sign up with a credit card or a free you know service or whatever, right? So the from a user perspective, 
I think you know security is always a, a bit of a bit of a dull topic, right? It's sort of it's a thing that gets in the way, it stops you you getting stuff done. The analogy that that you know I'm coming to is is it's a bit like parents and children in a toy shop, right? So so your you know your your users are the, the the children in the toy shop, but all of these potential tools and toys in front of them that they can play with, and and the parents are, are good old IT at the background, sort of going, whoa, hang on a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know you you can't play with that one because you might choke on the small bits of you know the, that. But in in an IT perspective, it's more about actually, hang on a minute, look, you know, where's the data? Who's got access to it? How's it encrypted? How can we be sure that we're, you know, we're securing our intellectual property? That we're, you know, and, and as Paolo said, you know, it's not just video conferencing anymore. There's, there's, you know, persistent chat. If you look at any sort of Teams application, so WebEx Teams being an example about bringing, you know, external people into that organisation. How do I make sure that actually, you know, from a compliance point of view, I'm, you know, if my organisation has locked me down to to not be able to do certain things, that actually that, you know, that those compliance restrictions are pervasive if I've joined somebody else's team space, right, in terms of, so there's there's lots of things to worry about. So users, I don't think, worry too much about it, right? They just want to get stuff done. But as the as you build on the, the stack, you know, whether it's messages, meetings, calling or whatever, then each of those has their own, you know, um, potential areas for security that need to be thought about, and they need to be thought about seriously. I mean, they're, they're probably the good example I would give you is in, in the early days of, of WebEx Teams, you know, one of the things that was missing from that client was search, right? And 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 the ability to search in a team space for a particular bit of text. And you think, well, hang on a minute, search has been around for for ages. Why why is it taking Cisco so long to do search? And the answer was that that because everything in a WebEx Teams environment is end-to-end encrypted, actually search becomes really difficult, right? Because now you've got you're trying to search encrypted data. So how do you if you're searching for a string of text, you need to unencrypt it before you can search for it. Again, okay? and Cisco did some, you know, did some innovative stuff there to not compromise the the encryption of the data to enable the, the capability of search. So, so what are the the best steps to take when looking at collaboration security? I mean, Paolo, what 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 kind of advice are you giving you know, business leaders, CIOs looking at securing their collaboration tools? Okay, so I, I really think that whenever we are talking to our customer, we need to clearly that they understand that it's not only about the user features, right? So it's really easy to do a demo to a customer and to a decision maker saying that, look how great and how good are our features that we can deliver to you. And when we try to go to those persons and explain, look, but your intellectual property is in here, and security needs to be a must, right? That conversation starts to be a little bit less interesting for them, right? And I I think it was really good this COVID brought us the awareness that uh, security is a must, right? And something interesting, going back to what uh, Jonathan was saying, is the compliance, right? No matter how much security you put in the system, there is always the weakest link, right? The users are our weakest link. Because they are going to go around the system, everyone is very clever, and find a way where they are compromising the intellectual property of the company without sometimes even knowing about it, right? So any kind of solutions like this, compliance needs to be a must. And 
my job normally when I go to a customer and talk about collaboration, going back to what you asked me, uh, my job is always to say, look, uh, I don't know if you already have a security policy, right? That should be something that is much broader than collaboration for you. That should be across all the IT application that you have. But if you don't, I really strongly recommend you that you start. So there are different things like compliance, like how do you protect the identity of your users? You know that like 65% of the acts starts by a user identity theft. And most of the vendors are not even thinking about it, right? And the user, no matter how strong you try to create a password, for instance, a user is always going to try to make it easier to remember, right? So things like protecting the identity, the compliance, and making sure that the architecture delivers all these security features without uh, being compromised by usability, that is a must. And when we explain these uh, uh, this different um, aspects to our customers, they see, yes, wait, I'm taking this all the wrong way around it. Collaboration is not usability. Collaboration is making sure that no matter what is the mechanism, the flow that the users are going to use, I'm going to make sure that at no point my intellectual property is going to be compromised. Paolo, just on that point, just interrupt there. The, 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 uh, I think it's interesting from a corporate perspective, right, in terms of, you know, securing a, the, the corporation's intellectual property. Obviously, I think in this day and age, we people are worried about their own personal data, right, in terms of, you know, things like GDPR and privacy concerns and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. How do you feel about the whole, you know, the even even stuff like, you know, virtual backgrounds, right? Okay, so we, we, we've got a virtual background, you know, I've got a virtual background here. It means that you can't see into my, you know, my home office, right? Cisco are doing some great stuff around, you know, facial recognition, right? So the idea that I join a meeting and, and it actually knows who I am by by doing that, right? So there, there's, there's not only, I think, you know, there's the corporate side of it, but there's also the, the personal data side of it that actually people are very, you know, particularly in this day and age, are very sensitive around their personal data, who's got access to it, you know, what, we, what we're basically publishing about ourselves. What, what's your view of that? So, uh, see, the, the, that comes exactly to the point that I was trying to say before. See, when we start to work on the facial recognition, that is a very good example. Our major concern before we start to deliver a solution was that how do we make sure that we keep it private, the details of the users? Okay, that was our major concern. We, when Keys start to create that great architecture that now allows you to rec uh, that recognize your face even if you have a beer or if you are using a net or if you change something and it's still recognized, all those dots, it makes sure that whenever all that information is consolidated, is kept in a way that we can maintain the privacy of the of that information and it's really interesting because one of the major pillars that we always defend for this uh, webex architecture was always around privacy right we make sure so for instance that uh, every uh, information about the user when is referred in the system is based on obfuscation of the user identity so there is a new uid 
that is converted. All that information is obfuscated because if one microservice is compromised, you don't know what you are stealing because you don't know who belongs to. And, and guess what? So in uh, in 2018, when GDPR was coming into place and it was in force, that was one of the major requirements. We start to work on that like eight years ago, right? When we created the pillars, when we created the architecture, we make sure that all these things like the transcripts, the facial recognition, the different details that we need to gather on you when we deliver a collaboration service, so two things that we minimize the amount of information that the user is going to provide us. We don't ask for more information than we need. And that is one of the major principles in GDPR. And we make sure that we obfuscate all the information. Okay. Those are one of those pillars that it's really important. So I think that you have like two, three or four pillars when we talk about collaboration and identity, right? The privacy one is one of them. The compliance is another one. The end-to-end -end encryption is another one. So there are many things that needs to be delivered when you have the privacy. And that is something. So, for instance, if I would be a customer, I would never buy a solution without clearly knowing what, how do you encrypt the information. How do you deal with that encrypted information? Details like what you were mentioned, Jonathan, that the search needs to be done on any information. How do you do it? Because you need to decrypt the information, right? I would ask those questions. I'll ask a question is that, how do you deal with information of my users, right? That kind of information, I saw many attacks in the internet, and I'm pretty sure that most of you also saw it, where just by gathering public information, you could get enough information on a user to be able to compromise them. So what we need to make sure is that we reduce the footprint on the information on the user so that is more difficult to achieve. Right? And then the compliance is also very, very important that I think we should never forget because we are always dealing with humans and the, it's really difficult to make sure that they are not doing something wrong, right? No matter how many papers you ask them to sign, it's just human nature, right? So it's really important no matter what is the functionality that we deliver. And I think the facial recognition is perfect example of that, that we create an architecture based on the privacy requirements, right? And that is the right way to deliver products in our point of view. So Cisco has something very interesting that I'm pretty sure that you already heard, that is a framework that we call CSDL for developing software. And that framework says from a privacy perspective, from a security perspective, you need to use this. You need to use these libraries. You need to use these principles. So all the ISOs, all the SOCs, all the GDPR principles, all of them are included. And we have much many more principles on top to make sure that the quality of the software and hardware that we develop follow those principles. And I think, and it's a document that we make it we can share with our customers if they want to know or know what are those principles. And I think it's a very good practice that any vendor should deliver and explain to our uh, to their customers how now they deliver that. 
Great stuff. Gents, I wanted to ask just a final question then in today's session, because I know this could go on for this conversation around security, privacy, compliance. We could go on for a long time, couldn't we? Um, but uh, just in terms of what next for the industry and looking at collaboration, uh, I wanted to ask you firstly, Jonathan, just kind of maybe what you're seeing, what the customers are thinking around uh you know these issues that we've been, been been up against um bombings and all sorts uh with you know within kind of collaboration environments uh is security likely the, the impact of these security features being tightened up likely to impact the the roadmaps of these collaboration platforms do you think uh, how's that going to play out in the future i think you i think you're already seeing that right i think you're seeing that the um, you know again depending on, on on what you know what your starting point is um, you know you're seeing you know end users are, aren't like I said they're not concerned about security until it bites them right okay until something goes wrong or something is compromised or something happens that shouldn't happen where somebody joined a meeting that they shouldn't do and shared you know racist or abusive com content or whatever right and then all hell breaks loose right so so. You know, it's, one of, it's almost like an insurance policy, right? Nobody needs an insurance policy until you need an insurance policy, right? So, so the the this thing, I think, is 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 I think what it's brought to the, the fore is actually that you, you can't. It isn't just there. You can't just take it as a given or oh, we don't, it's not something we need to worry about, right? So, I think you've seen from you know from from certain vendors in the marketplace, right? You've actually seen some very public statements that that have come back and gone. Actually, we got it wrong, right? And we need to go back and and rethink our our approach to to do that, right? And it, you, you don't you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know who I'm talking about, you know, when I, when I'm referring to that, right? I think from a from a Cisco perspective, you know, you're seeing features in the roadmap that, and again, we've used the you know the, the virtual background capability, right? That's that's something that that. You know, I think Cisco would always have viewed as a, a consumer-like feature, right? And so, well, how, you, you need to, you know, I don't need to see the fact that you're on a beach or, you know, whatever. But actually, now we're in an environment where it's actually quite important for users to to hide their virtual background, not because I just don't want to show you my off, my, you know, my messy office or whatever it is. But I might be, you know, I, I don't want people gazing into my house and 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 just seeing that, you know, okay, well, my house is bigger than yours or whatever, you know, and, and particularly where you've got kids schooling at home and and that sort of, you know, that becomes very sensitive, right? So, so I think you, you know, as as a Cisco example, you've seen, you know, a lot of that bedrock stuff was already there, and what they're they're actually scrabbling to do now is to add some of this, you know, in quotes, consumer features on the top, virtual backgrounds to the the WebEx client, right? It's going to come sooner than than it ever would have done outside of this pandemic. I think for other vendors, you know, they're almost going having to go back, you know, a number of steps and go, hang on a minute, look, we maybe we've got this balance a little bit wrong here, right? Maybe we need to look at uh, okay, what are we doing and how we're delivering it and how that impacts security? Because the one thing, you know, there's been a lot of good press around all of this stuff, but there's also with that becomes a lot of bad press when something goes wrong. Right, and I think we're 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 seeing that. So I, that's that's what I'm seeing. Paolo, I don't know whether you, you add anything further to that. So uh, yeah, so I will just add that uh, COVID brought us many, many, many bad things, right? And all of us agreed on that one. But it brought us something good, right? It brought us the need from any solution to bring security. And uh, I think that was the major thing that any vendor right now in the market 
they have a mandate that security needs to be the top priority, right? Even companies like Cisco that we always build our architectures based on security and we were very security driven, right now, the security is in the top of the list. Every security feature is in the top of the list. And I agree with you. Some companies need to change completely the way that they do it. And they need to bring security to the top of the list because before it was not even in the middle, right? But that is a big change. And I think that we are going to see more and more in this space that these products, like the collaboration products, are going to work together with other products, security products, and you no longer have that delimitation. Because what we saw in the past, when you talk to a customer, there was different departments, right? There is the collaboration department, and guess what? When you start to talk about to the collaboration department, Oh, but what about security for your product? Not my problem. Talk to someone else. We have someone else that handles that for you, right? And right now, that is no longer true. We start. To, we are seeing more and more that when you are having a conversation, you no longer talk only to the collaboration person. You talk to the collaboration person, security person. And guess what? When the vendors deliver a solution, it's no longer just a collaboration product. And we have a perfect example of that, that we started like last summer, that is bundle security products with the collaboration products. So we call it the WebEx Extended Security Pack that has not only the WebEx platform, but also products like Duo, the adapted MFA product that we deliver, or products like our CASB CloudLock. Because we see, and we start to see some time ago, that it makes more sense now the conversations are no longer centric on a specific product, but in the full architecture for our customers. Well, lots to think about there, folks. I mean, I'm sure you'll all agree with me that security uh, is, a, is a big uh, focus point right now in the industry and uh, something that all organizations need to, to look at and consider when take you know deploying and, and using these platforms so hey jonathan paulo it's been a pleasure talking to you today thanks ever so much for joining me it was a pleasure rob to be in here always a pleasure rob uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in and if you've enjoyed today's session uh, don't forget to give us a quick like or a share and we'll be back again uh, soon for another cisco collaboration focus session very soon until then thanks for watching mm -hmm.